All right, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Yes, we have a Red Sox podcast on this network. It's been a while, but we're back. We got big news. And, of course, Jared Scally can't be here because he has a kid. That kid is running his life, but I understand it's daddy duty. I totally get it. But still, Jared, you need to be here. This is big news and you're not here. But we do have two other members of Couch Guy Sports with us. And both are now hosts of their own podcast, so that's pretty cool. So, obviously, no Jared Scally. I'm Al Nahigian. You know me by now. Legends Lingo Podcast. And, obviously, this great podcast, Into the Triangle Podcast. We also have Tom Statham Facet, co-host Legends Lingo, co-host of the Chasers Podcast. Fee, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good, Al. I'm good to always step in for the Into the Triangle. I love, I love you guys, so I'm happy to help. You, got, you, are, you are one of the first guys we call, so we can proudly say that you are a great addition to Couch Guy Sports all the way around. Yeah. So, Thank you for that. We also have Diego Galvis, co-host of the Yellow Card Podcast. Go check that out on all the social media platforms. Diego, looking good in your Red Sox jersey, your Red Sox hat. Can you tell that you're doing a Red Sox podcast? No, I thought this was a Yankees podcast. Oh, I almost just threw up saying the word Yankees. But anyways, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure being into the triangle. Uh, You guys are fantastic, and uh, it's truly an honor calling you guys our teammates being in, in uh, Couch Guy Sports. Yeah, if there was a mute button, I would have muted you right there for just saying the word Yankees. That, that, that's, come on. I mean, come on. I almost on. threw up. I, almost I, threw I, up. I don't care you almost throw up. You don't mention the Yankees on this podcast. That's terrible. What are you doing? <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Diego's choice of using the Yankees on this podcast because we have big news. Gentlemen, it's time to unveil it. Alex Cora is back. <laughs> AC <laughs> back in the building. So, obviously, background. We know Alex Cora was a part of the Red Sox in 2018, 2019, brought home a World Series in 2018. Obviously, the allegations come out with the Houston Astros and their cheating scandal. Cora was the bench coach for the Houston Astros during that time. He and A.J. Hinch served their one-year suspension, but now that's over. Hinch is in Detroit, and Alex Cora is back in Boston. And I just I want to start sort of our discussion with this. When you looked at the five candidates that were remaining, when you break it down, who could really compete with Cora based on a few things? First of all, Cora was the only one with managerial experience. Now, granted, I know it was only two years, but he still has that managerial experience, which is huge. And I also understand the people that say, well, you can't get managerial experience if nobody gives it to you. That's true too. But Alex Cora, in this situation, okay, keep in mind this. If any other of those four candidates got hired, this would have been the Red Sox third manager in three years and four in the last five. Talk about turnover up the wazoo. So it made sense for this guy to be back. Everybody wanted him back. The ownership wanted him back. The players wanted him back. We as fans wanted him back for the most part. And it just made so much sense. Alex Cora is so knowledgeable. He's passionate. And for anybody that says he was involved with the cheating scandal, that was in Houston. Boston had their own investigation. They found nothing. And it's a situation where it's just a match made in heaven. This is the first good news that we've had in a while for Boston sports. We needed this to happen. It happened. We're all excited. I'm ecstatic. I literally screamed in my school today. As I'm a school teacher, I screamed. I might have disrupted some kids during a spelling test, so I'm sorry, Miss McDavid. I'm sorry about that. But it was worth it because Alex Cora is back. 
and it just feels so good to say. We'll get into the details in a little bit. I do want to kick it to these guys because I want their opinions as they're two very knowledgeable baseball minds in themselves. Fee, I'm going to kick it to you first. Just overall thoughts on Alex Cora being back with the Boston Red Sox. Um, I'll say this. Heim Bloom made the right choice. I know that the room, what it came down to was Cora and Sam Fold. Um, Bloom made the right choice. This is the right choice for the organization. You kind of now feel hopeful more for the 20, not only the 2021 season, but beyond. You feel that Cora's going to, Cora knows this organization. Boston loves him. You, you could say that Boston right now has one of the better front offices and managerial situations with an ownership that wants to spend in baseball. Even after the Mookie Vets fiasco, fiasco, you look at this now and you just like, Boston kind of recovered a little bit. They, they kind of recovered. And they really I did. Think, and I, I, you, have to, you have to acknowledge that. And you got to give High and Bloom the credit um, for the trades that he made before the, the offseason began, during the regular season. And now this, I mean, we're going to get into it a little later about the offseason ahead, but this is looking like the Red Sox are about to be back and that they're going to be making noise not only for next year, but they're going to be not what they've been like this past decade, a one-year contender, loser. They're going to be a consistent contender, and they have the manager to do that, and I'm very happy that Alex Cora is back. He knows how to tap into guys like Bogarts, like Devers. Like for this situation, for, for Bogarts, like Bogarts might stay now. There was a rumor he might have opted out. This decision probably keeps him here, and this reaches Devers' potential now. So this is a win-win for the Red Sox, and I feel confident that there might be a playoff team next year. They very well could be. A few short moves, and they could be right back in contention. And like Fee hinted and teased that, a little tease for all you little people out there. We definitely are going to get into that. I want to hear Diego's thoughts first, but then after that, I have a little bit of a quote from High and Bloom that sort of confirms – exactly what fee said too so diego your overall thoughts on the alex cora news yeah no absolutely um so definitely excited happy to see my uh latino brother back in the house um you know a little bit of latino flavor into boston doesn't sound like a bad idea right now considering that morale all around boston is down given everything that is going on around the world but speaking about morale and speaking about somebody that can that can breathe that boston air it was just an obvious choice to bring Alex Cora back. Number one, he's had history playing for the Red Sox. Um, when it came down to the last two candidates, I like Sam Fold as a person, and I thought overall his career could carry himself very well. But he's never been a Red Sox. He's never been in Boston. He doesn't breathe that personality that you need to bring into Boston for then the, the fan base not only to get behind you, but to also motivate the team. Because in itself, the team was basically destroyed. Um, if, I, if it had come down to two others that could have inspired the team um, to then have a phenomenal 2021 season, which I agree with Fiesta, I think they're going to be playoff team. Um, I personally would have gone with Kay Correa, um, between Kai Correa and, and Alex Cora. That's just me personally. Um, but overall, yeah, the, the excitement is undeniable. I'm very happy to see that Alex Cora is back. Whatever cheating scandals he was on and whatever, nothing was proven. 
So until proven guilty, then maybe we'll have a different opinion. Um, but again, just just very excited for him. Really am. I am too. Fee, real quick, a point, and then I just want to read something real quick. You know who the bench coach should be for Cora? Sam Fold. No. No? Okay. Bring in Carl's Beltron. Bring him Ooh, in. Ooh, that's – you know what's funny? That was actually going to be my next guest, surprisingly. Yeah, because I – bring him in, go all in, because – Carlos Beltran, he kind of got screwed with it too. Oh yeah, um, he kind of got screwed with it too, and I think that he deserves the shot to rebuild his reputation. So, so I will say this: I'm going to give it a little shout out to our Couch Guy Sports brethren, Pete Chatterton, who actually broke the news to me first. He actually texted me, was like, "Hey, uh, John Heyman reported that Alex Cora is back. I'm wondering how it's going to be perceived around the league." And he said, "And I'll give Pete some credit here." Because he makes a good point. Exactly what you just said, Fee. If Alex Cora deserves another chance, Carlos Beltran does too. And I agree full-heartedly with that. Carlos Beltran deserves a chance to be at least a coach at the major league level, whether that's a bench coach, hitting coach, whatever. you got to give him a chance. Like Because he was going to be the manager of the Mets before this all went down. But anyways, we're a Red Sox podcast. We don't focus on the Mets. Love you, Pete. But we're focusing on the Red Sox here, bud. Sorry. There is one quote that I want to read. And Adam Kaufman had it first. This is from Haim Bloom. Talking about Alex Cora. So here was the little high and bloom tidbit that got me fired up. Alex Cora is an outstanding manager and the right person to lead our club club into 2021 and beyond. The way he leads, inspires, and connects with everyone around him is also unmatched. And he has incredible baseball acumen and feel for the game. We considered a very impressive slate of candidates. Eh, The brightest managerial prospects in the game today. Because of all that happened, I knew I wanted to speak with Alex once his suspension ended, but I didn't know if it made sense to consider him for the job as well. Our conversations were lengthy, intense, and emotional. Alex knows what he did was wrong, and he regrets it. My belief is that every candidate should be considered in full, strengths and weaknesses, accomplishments and failures. That is what I did with Alex in making this choice. He loves the Red Sox and the game of baseball, and because of that, we believe he will make good on this second chance. I join our whole organization in welcoming back Alex to Boston and Fenway Park. Guys, Ryan Bloom wanted him back. I mean, you can't sit there and tell me. With that quote right there, it said it all. Alex Cora has the knowledge. He knows how to handle Boston. He knows how to handle the media. He gets the respect of the players and the ownership. He's just, and we mentioned it before, he's bilingual, so he can relate to all the players, all the Latin players and non-Latin players. This guy has every box checked off, every single one. And there are still some people out there that are like, oh, but he was part of the cheating scandal. Oh, he's a cheater. Like, get over it. He served his, like I said before, he served his suspension. A.J. Hinch served his suspension. So you're a believer in second chances, right? You have to be a believer in second chances for a lot of people. So if that's the case, this this was the opportunity to do it. And now with Alex Cora at the helm, you have the opportunity and you've got some money now because the luxury tax is reset. You have a lot that you can do with a lot of money open floor i would say i would say to almost kind of piggyback off of fiesta's previous comment about maybe uh, i wouldn't be opposed to the uh, of somebody like jason veritek also joining him because as previously commented 
you're in a rebuild process. And there is nothing better for these young guys than to understand and to continue to breathe what the Red Sox really stand for. And if you want professional character development, that is who you go for. Um, I wouldn't also be opposed to somebody like, I don't know, like Luis um, Urueta. I don't know how you say his last name uh, from the Diamondbacks. He was the bench coach for Tori Lavulo, who also did very well in his time when he was at Red Sox. So um, I, I truly think that with Alex Cora now being back to the Red Sox, um, this is the opportunity for Hein Bloom and for Cora to work on that massive rebuild that is going to take the Red Sox now to that next level. We don't, Do need to be, we don't need to be 2004. We don't need to be 2013. We need to be 2021 with a new kind of swagger onto it. And I, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm leaning towards these guys to kind of being in that management seat as well. Diego, let me just ask you this really quick. And then Fiesta, if you want to jump in, jump in. Do you think it's a rebuild or do you think it's more of a retool? Because when I see this Red Sox team, they have a lot of pieces in place. I just think a few extra pieces here and there will really help retool them more to getting back in contention. I don't know if you just wanted to answer that real quick. I Personally, it's a rebuild because, yes, you have, you have this amazing talent right there at the palm of your hands. But when you don't have motivation when you don't have character building and when you don't have somebody to look up to in this case the management style of Alex Cora then what good does your talent do you're just swinging and you're just pitching just to play the game but with no motivation behind it and with something that will describe you later on in your career that's where managers like Alex Cora Heim Bloom and hopefully some newer additions to come that's where, that's where they come into play. That's where they're so essential and of a high value to the organization. Fee, you want to jump in on anything? Well, I think, I mean, Diego makes a good point with like setting the uh, tone. But I think in this terms of roster, the roster itself, I think it's, I agree with you, Al, it's more of a retool. I think the culture is a rebuild. You need to rebuild the culture, but the roster itself, I mean, you have, J.D. Martinez, you have Raphael Devers, you have Xander Bogarts, you have some good young additions and Bobby Dobalak. Um, uh, Alex Verdugo looks like he's going to be doing something. And if you do keep Andrew Benatendi, I, you're hoping that he might rebound. I think you got to give it that. So you have a team. What, what I think the Red Sox needs to do is add pitching. And I think that that's been the main theme. And I mean, that, that, I think it's more of a retool because you're looking at baseball right now. I, I don't want, I'm going to mention some teams. I mean, the Yankees are probably going to cut payroll. The Indians are probably going to trade. They've already hinted that they're going to trade Lindor. So you're looking at the rest of the American League. It's like, well, we can get into this. Like, we can jump into the race, especially if the playoffs are expanded like this year. We can get into the race. And I think that that – I think the, 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 rumors, the rumors are true. The Red Sox are going to be, besides the Red Sox, the Red Sox are going to be the most interesting team, or one of the more interesting teams this offseason with moves and everything. And it started with this Alice Cora move. So now, what can they build off? And that's something that we're actually going to segue into really quick and sort of be the second half of the show. 
obviously we have the off season. Now your manager's in place. Alex Cora is back. We're happy about it. I'm ecstatic about it. Diego's ecstatic about it. Fiesta's ecstatic about it. And pretty much all Boston's ecstatic about it. But now, like Fiesta said, it's what you do. It's really what both these guys said. It's what you do with the talent now, because there are some names out there that we've been throwing out there. JD Martinez has opted in this year. So hopefully he, so so two years. Yep. So two years. So two, so he's opted in for the last two years of his deal and hopefully he'll rebound from a horrible 2020 because let's just face it. JD Martinez stunk in 2020, but it is what it is. Everyone's entitled to one bad year, but here's the question that I sort of want to ask. If there's one free agent signing that is realistic, keep in mind, like obviously if we could go out and pull a move, like trade for Frankie Lindor, that'd be great. But I don't think that's realistic right now. Maybe next year, maybe, but just not right now. What would be that one move that you want to see? Or maybe one surprise move that you wouldn't mind the Red Sox seeing? I mean, it's, it's something to definitely think about because I have one guy in mind, and I will say this. Powder mentioned it on Big Hoppa on Locker Room App, and I think it's a very good idea, and I'll save my take for the end. But one of you two, whoever wants to go first, give us some names. I said it. I forgot which one of the podcasts I jumped on. This was earlier in the year. Actually, now that I think about it, it was this one. And we were having a conversation with a Phillies fan, which is fine. <laughs> and I threw out a name that at the time seemed far-fetched, but right now sounds extremely good. And that boy is Marcel Osuna. That's who I want in the Red Sox. That's a, that's a pretty good name. I mean, Marcelo Zuna, power-hitting outfielder, can be right in the middle of your lineup with J.D. Martinez. You extend that out if you have Devers and Bogarts, Martinez, Ozuna. That's a solid at least two through five, three through six, however you want to stack it up. So, listen, I've, I've started to slowly buy into take a shot at Ozuna. And it's what- a young core. It's a young core that you will have a sustainable future growing with. Yeah, and he's a veteran hitter too. That's the thing. Like he's he's the last couple of years, he's really proven that his power can help any lineup that he's in. So Absolutely. I'm a huge fan. Do you have any more names you want to throw out there, Diego, or is that all you got? For now, Ozuna is the only person that I can think of. I mean, you know, for for pitching staff right now, who doesn't want Trevor Bauer? But do I see it realistically happen for the Red Sox? No. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I would love Trevor Bauer, but it just I don't think it's gonna happen. I want right. it to happen, but we'll see what happens. All right, Fee, give us a name or two. Uh, I'll actually give you three names that I to Go. address. Um, so we gotta address pitching. So I'm gonna throw out a name that's gonna perk all your ears. Marcus Stroman. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly who I was gonna say. Yes, Fee. Yeah. No, it makes so much sense. I know that some people are saying, oh, stay away. I'm saying stay away from Trevor Bauer because there is inconsistencies that through the years, so I'm a little worried. But Marcus Stroman's pitched in the AL East. He's been an ace. He's pitched over 200 innings a couple of times, and he's pitched in the postseason in big spots. He can thrive here, and he's got the swag. Like, he would – if you told me for the stretch run, you have Chris Sale, Marcus Stroman – Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Eovaldi, and Tanner Hulk as your five. 
It's pretty good. And then I, I think that, and if you make a playoff run, you've told me your top three is Sale, Stroman, and Erod. I, I feel confident going into that series. Second name, we're going to go with pitching. Again, bullpen, because they need to add a that, – that's I think, is going to be sneaky. I think they're going to add a lot of bullpen pieces, but the one guy I want to see is – Alex Colomay from the White Sox. I, they, Ooh, that's they, a name I like, too. Because he was light, he's was he been lights out the last couple of years. He was lights out this year. He's pitched in the AL East. He pitched for Tampa Bay mm-hmm. under High and Bloom. Makes sense. I just think that that um, makes sense. So but have him as your closer. Add a couple of other pieces so you have a good bullpen, have a good rotation. And now the bat. I know that Diego mentioned Elzuna. I'm a little. I think they might be a little priced out for that, especially if they go heavily invested on pitching. The guy I want to see is Michael Brantley on this team. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, and that's uh, that's a pretty intriguing option. No, no, if he's and, healthy, he's good. I mean, he's only. I mean, he's been healthy for the majority of his career. Everybody says, "Oh, he's not really healthy." I'm not trying to criticize you, Alan. No, 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 no. But, but lately, yeah, I agree so with like you. For the most part, yes. His numbers. He's a 300 between 290 and 320. 15 bombs, 80 to 90 RBIs, gets his walks. He's a doubles machine. What That left-handed swing at Fenway, he would hit 50. He'll have 50 doubles. I'm telling you that right now. And him, he can play left or play, if you want to move, or play right, you can move Verdugo to center. It makes sense. He's probably going to be a two-year, $20 million type of player. So it's affordable. You can afford it. And, really invest in pitching. But I think those are the three moves the Red Sox should make. Because if you make those moves, it one links in your lineup, you, your rotation gets deeper, and your bullpen finally has a legit closure that you haven't had since Craig Kimball. Makes sense. They need to do what they did in the offseason heading into, um, what was it, 2017, when they had uh, – when they got Kimbrell, they traded for sale, and I think they got a bat, but I can't remember – uh, I don't think they did. I think that was just sale and, and yeah, but that, that, but that, that type of move, it's like, identify, yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. like that type of offseason, identify your targets, be creative and that type of stuff. So it's like those three moves, but also be creative in the trade market. It's like, you have some pieces where you can be creative. That's what I want. That's all I want this offseason is just identify what you got with the guys you want. And then, then after that, get creative, get silly because you have so much flexibility compared to some other teams. You should be creative. According to MLBTradeRumors.com, fee, you know where they have Michael Brantley going? Where? The Atlanta Braves on a two-year, $28 million deal. I mean, if they lose Elzuna, that makes sense. But That makes a ton of sense. That, that makes a ton of sense. But, I mean, I mean, Brantley would fit you perfectly. I think it would fit any team perfectly. You can put him at five or six, and he lengths the lineup a little, a lot. And you just ask him to do a couple of things, just hit, like literally just swing. So, so here's here's one name that I'm going to go a little outside of the box on, and it's a position that can, you that can fill your middle infield, and that can be your double play partner with Xander Bogarts. Why not kick the tires on DJ Lemayhew? Why not? Honestly, I'm not saying you have to sign him to a big, a big deal, but if you sign him to a two year deal, let's see here. I'm going to go back to MLB trade rumors for one sec, just because I like this site. And I think that they've done a really good job with what they have. So they're saying for like DJ LeMahieu, they have him projected to go to the blue Jays for four years, 68 mil. 
So like, why not maybe try to sign him for like a two year, two for thirty kind of deal, something I'll, like I'll, that. I'll up it for you. Two Go and ahead. forty. Two and forty. That's fine too. Just, just stole the money. Just stole the money. And, and and honestly, DJ LeMayhew, pretty good hitter. And he's versatile. He can play first base. He can play second base. You stick him in at second base, and you have him with Bogarts, buddy. That is that is quite the middle infield. So that's one name. If you don't want to go that expensive and you want to go really cheap, maybe a name to just keep an eye on is Colton Wong. I mean, that's one that you could, again, that could be a low-risk, high-reward type of signing. So that's another name to look out for. And for pitching, this is a name that I would say, I don't want to say it's a last resort type of signing, but it's not one you're going to think of right away. Why not kick the tires again on Masahiro Tanaka? Take a look at take a, take a look at Masahiro Tanaka. I mean, again, like we've been saying with these other guys, pitched in the AL East for the team that we're not going to say right now because Diego did it at the beginning. I'm just kidding. The Yankees. <laughs> but, I mean, Tanaka, when his – the thing I love about Tanaka from a baseball coach perspective, everything moves. His stuff moves down in the zone. When he keeps the ball down, he I think he has some of the best stuff out of any of these pitchers in the MLB. Now, if you add Tanaka into the mix, like we talked about before, Sale, Tanaka, Rodriguez, Ivaldi, Hauk, that's that's a pretty good that's pretty good starting rotation too. Uh, I will say this now: you, you've perked my interest. Why don't the Red Sox just steal Lemayhu and Tanaka? That'd be incredible. That would be incredible. They have the money to do it, so like, why not go do it? Because like, I, I MLB rumors had him had Tanaka at. at Three and forty, right? It was like three, something like that. Yeah, something like, like that. I'll, I'll double, I'll double check that if, for but, you. Yeah, like, but that perks my interest. I, I mean, I said Strowman because Strowman's a little younger, so that's where I was going with that. But Tanaka, I would take Tanaka. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they the, have, they have Tanaka going back to the Yankees three for thirty-nine. Oh, give him three and forty-five or three and fifty. Who cares? Yeah, it's money. I would, I, I would also like to add too that. Maybe it's not a bad idea right now if, let's say, sure, they get a steal deal with Tanaka. Okay, sure. Marvelous. But what if the Red Sox decide to methodically just wait it out a little bit, considering that the 2021 and 2022 season has some big names coming up as free agency, somebody like Javier Baez, for sure, sup, and... I wouldn't even put it past the Red Sox to consider Chris Archer for starting pitcher. Archer, I if it's a if it's for the right price, if it's for the right price, yes. Archer is workable though. Archer is workable. I also, I, uh, I I agree with your hesitance about him, but he's workable. Go ahead, Fee. So you mentioned in the. I mean, I mentioned Francisco Lindor. Well, he's a free agent next year. And there has been rumors of him and Cora being very close with each other. And so. I mean, you, you would have to if you want to keep all three, you would have to move some pe- some people around the infield. But right. I mean, the, there's that rumor. I mean, there, that's the sense I'm going to get is that if the free agents they sign are going to be on short term deals. So I mean, I think the Red Sox, if they go after Tanaka for a two or three year deal, same with. DJ LeMay, or two or three year deal, something short that's under four years. I think that they'll go all in. I, I don't know about Strowman necessarily if they do, but I mean, Tanaka, DJ Mayhew, and Michael Brantley all make sense as two year candidates. And then you go 
all in next off season on a Correa or on a Lindor or maybe wouldn't Arenado be a free agent? I can't remember off. The Arenado, time. Arenado might be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, Arenado is definitely a free agent as of 2021. Okay. Along with Chris, along with uh, Chris if he opts Bryan. out, if he opts out, that's what I remember. Yep. If he opts yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you get to be competitive. So those contracts that you sign this offseason won't kill you like the, the David Price deal and all that other stuff. Long term, they'll be short. So, I mean, they can be very flexible here. I think that they, I, I'm going to trust High and Bloom here. They have options and they should keep things open. And I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if they are on the uh, uh, JT Remuto sweepstakes too, especially if they want to put Vasquez on the block. Again, like I said earlier, be creative. And if you make a move and it, so you have a surplus at a position, you can make a trade to get better. I mean, and, and I, would, I would almost say that if the Red Sox are willing to go in all in in 2021-2022 and say they, they go after Lindor because of his relationship with Cora, if you're going to go all in, then why not even consider somebody like a starting pitcher the likes of Noah Syndergaard then? I wouldn't be. Hey, listen. This is the what, guy's this a free agent as of that year. This is what I'm going to say, and we're sort of going to wrap this up. The possibilities are endless. Mm. The manager is in place. The money is there. There is no excuse at this point for the Red Sox to not go make a splash. You know, make even if it's a minor splash like we've talked about with LeMahieu, with you know a guy like Colton Wong, maybe a guy like Ozuna, maybe a guy like you know Marcus Stroman. You know, just make some sort of splash. You have the money to do it. There's no excuse. If you want to get back in contention and be a serious contender and be taken seriously again, this is the offseason to start putting it in place. And then if you want to spend in 2021, go do it. Final thoughts before we get out of here, guys. Um, I, like I said, I'm going to keep repeating it. Step one, This is step one. This shouldn't be the only move. Core should be just the starter to a productive offseason to get yourself in contention. The Red Sox should not be – there's no excuse that the Red Sox should not be a playoff contender in a – they should win between 87 and 93 games next year if they make the right moves. Diego? I think that um, – I definitely agree with Fiesta. I think, you know, move number one has been accomplished. Um, I think that now that the Red Sox have the attention of all of Boston now more than ever um, – it's time to listen to the fans, time to give them what they want, time to bring in these signings that we have discussed on here. Now that, now that you put the bug in my ear about Tanaka, like, why not? You know, but first things first is getting the boat in the right direction, and I think Hein Bloom has done that very well with the return of Alex Cora. So I'm definitely excited. I know that once COVID is over with, and then hopefully it's over with soon. I would not be shy in being the very first person to buy a season ticket that year. All right. We are going to leave it at that. As always, follow Into the Triangle on Twitter at Into the Triangle, capital I, capital T on Triangle. Follow these guys. They have their podcast. Shout out your podcast, guys. Fee, start with you. Shout them out. Uh, Legends Lingo on the Chasers. Yeah, so keep listening. I know that uh, – Legends Lingo just released its episode on YouTube, so check that out. 
Atta boy. Diego. Yeah, just make sure that you um, that you're following Yellow Card Podcast. It's one of the soccer podcasts here out of uh, out of Boston. It's at Podcast Cart on Twitter. That is our Twitter handle. Make sure to check out Spotify, uh, YouTube, and SoundCloud. We're also all over that area. Um, and as always, please hit me up with suggestions or whatever at Diego the DJ. That is my Twitter handle as well. Feed, you want to throw on your personal Twitter? Uh, TS at TSF fifty two. Perfect. Follow those guys. Follow us. Follow Couch Guy Sports. Like I've said before on multiple podcasts, we're on the rise. But if nothing else, Tom Satan Facet, Diego Galvis, Alan Dehigi, you know Jared Scally. Jared, I love you, but you got to start showing your face around here. Come on, man. Figure it out. Figure it out. Thank you for listening to Into the Triangle. Hopefully, we'll be back very soon with another new episode. Until then, take care, everybody. <laughs>